let's talk to him. Oh, God, that's quite, quite the testimony. We were singing it in our hearts. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. That's our prayer right now in Jesus' name. Amen. What if I told you that angels are showing up in the middle of the night in dreams, alerting the dreamer that Jesus is soon to come? Would you believe it? What if I told you that Jesus himself is showing up in the middle of the night, in the middle of a dream, and warning the dreamer, I'm coming soon. I have a group of friends who have put a website together, and on the home page of the website, these words, have you had dreams of a man in white? Did he call you to follow him? Contact us about your dream. We will help you. I, have, I could not believe my eyes when I saw the post after post after posts on that website of people who have had that very dream as they answer the question, have you seen a man in white? I got a handful of them right here, just three. The names have been changed. This goes back to the end of November to the end of January. They're coming in by the dozens a day, hundreds over these last three months. Here's one from, we'll call him Hamad. In my dream, I saw an angel pointing me to something behind me. I turned my head. I saw a cloud of angels and in the middle, a man in white dress sitting on a throne, his face shining like the sun. He told me, be ready. I am coming soon. Then I woke up. Here's one from a dreamer named Emir. I had a dream of a man in white clothing full of light. He handed me a book with Arabic words on the cover. He told me to read it carefully because it is important for my life and future. I asked him why. He said, the day of judgment is near. I am coming soon. You need to be prepared and help others too. Then I opened it and read, fear Allah and give him glory. The day of judgment is near and worship the creator of all things. If you recognize those words, they're straight from the apocalypse. Then I woke up. I was so happy. I will not forget these words. But what does this dream mean? Here's one more. Abram, I had a dream. I saw, I saw a man sitting on a throne. I saw many angels worshiping him and singing, you are worthy to have all the glory, what we just sang. Then the man looked at me with a smile and said, do you believe in me? I am the beginning and the end. I love you so much. I want you to have the best life. Then I knelt down in my dream and I started worshiping him. He then touched my head with his hand and I saw a scar. Then I woke up. Please, can you help understand my dream? Thank you. By the way, every one of these posts, by the hundreds, 
is answered by friends of mine in either English or in Arabic, the two languages with which they come in. And a correspondence is thus begun. He's surprised that angels would be showing up in the middle of the night, in the middle of dreams, warning that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus himself, this man in white, showing up. Are you surprised? Yeah, not be. I mean, look at the Gospels. Look at Acts. They're showing up all the time. I mean, what do we have? We have a pagan wife of the Roman procurator, Pilate's wife. I saw a man in white in my dream. Have nothing to do with him. Hmm. We have a pagan centurion named Cornelius. An angel in white shows up. You will look for a man. Ask for Peter. He's in the town of Joppa. And here's the address. (laughs) Paul has a dream. An angel shows up dressed like a Macedonian across the water saying, yo, come over to Macedonia and help us over here too. Angels, they're everywhere. Peter, Paul, the apostles, prison doors swing open. The earth quakes. Jail collapses. Hey, listen. So why would it be surprising then if angels are showing up in dreams as we come closer and closer to the return of Jesus? Why wouldn't they show up? Yeah. I tell you what, do I, I know what it is. It's the devil. He's doing this. You gotta be kidding me. The devil? Do you know what? Why would the devil be sending people to find Jesus so that they can get saved? That's absolutely ludicrous. Jesus himself said it. A house divided against itself cannot, cannot stand. No, 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 no. I believe the Bible. Yes, I do. And I look at the book of Hebrews, and here's a line. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are not all angels ministering spirits? They're not wimpy little wisps plucking at their musical instruments. They are a militant army. And this planet is engaged in a life and death battle to the last boy and girl alive. Are they not all angels, are not not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So last night, this is all done. We put the PowerPoint together and I'm brooding over this. I'm saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If these angels are showing up in, by the hundreds and thousands all over this planet, you know what that means? That means if God wants to, just like that, he can finish everything he started. And then I remembered a verse, and we just stuck this slide in between services, and I'm going to put it on the screen for you. I want you to find it in your own Bible, if you've got your Bible with you. Hebrew, uh, Romans, rather. Romans chapter 9, verse 28. Everybody knows Romans 8.28, all things work together for good. This is 9.28. Don't you ever forget this verse. Paul is making a point here. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality. Like that. The old King James put it this way. For God will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. When God is ready to go, it is over. Suddenly people are having dreams. The Islamic world, one billion people to be reached by Christ in a hurry, and now they're showing up. God isn't just twiddling his thumbs. God has an urgent mission, and I can't believe he's invited you and me to share that mission. Can you believe it? Wow. Just like that. Hey, listen, by the way, my man, 
If you're playing around right now and you're saying, I got time, I'm just a teen. I'm just a teen. I'm sitting up in the balcony. I got time. Now, I'm telling you what. The time you think you have, you do not have. You do not have. Just like that. God can say, it's up. It's over. I know you were waiting for some big sign. It's over. We can't wait. And if you're playing around, it's time to wake up. That's what the dreams are telling me. And I didn't have one of those dreams, but there's a website with hundreds of them. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, well, Dwight, look, look, this is God's mission, right? And these are his messengers. So why doesn't God just use his messengers to finish the work himself? Great idea. We ought to ask him. You know what he would say? Yo, 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 thank you for that suggestion. I might do it one day myself. But let me tell you about parents. In case you've never been a parent yet, there isn't a father alive who, with his child who is doing a chore with daddy, grabs that hammer and says, you know what, boy, you know what, girl, you're you're making a mess of this. Look at all these hammer marks. Go play with your own toys. I'll finish the project myself. There isn't a dad alive. My mother may not need me, but my mother wants me. Do you know why she wants me? Because when we work together, mother and me, it's just, this is how it happens. When a parent and child work together, this is the proximity, and it goes like this, and it gets tighter, and it gets tighter. The more they do together, the tighter the bond gets. In that time, of sharing. There's passage of values. There's the sharing of a vision. There's a vital life strategy that is being, that, that is being communicated. There is no way on earth and under heaven the Father is ever going to stop this mission and say, I'm just going to do it myself. You guys are wasting my time. He will not do it as long as you're alive and as long as I'm alive. We have to be in this mission. It's not for him. It's for you. It's for me. Something is happening to us when we work with Father Once upon a time, that man in white was resurrected and showed up that evening in the circle of his closest friends on earth. And he spoke words we have have left unquoted. He spoke words we have seemingly ignored, but we can ignore them no longer. I want you to go back to the Gospel of John, please. The Gospel of John, chapter 20, where we've been before. John, chapter 20. Take a look at this moment again. Now you're going to see the line that we've left out. Now it's time. Here we go. John chapter 20, verse 19. I'll be in the NIV. And on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came. He's there. How'd you get in? Jesus came and stood among them and said, Salam. That's how you say it in Arabic. Salam. Shalom in Jewish. Peace be with you in English. And watch this. And after he said this, what does it say there? What, did he, what does he do? He shows him his side and his hands. Why is he doing it? Because, because scars are an ID marker. How many of these posts you will notice? The man had scars in his hand. Why is he showing them his hand? He touched my head. I saw the scar. Because it's identifying who the man in white is. Oh, you say, oh, the devil could do that. <laughs> the devil can't do that can't do that and then exude this, this, this spirit of divine peace. I love you. You can't do that in the devil. The devil hates you. He can't even fake it to you. Why, is he, why does he show his scars? Because it's me. You remember me? He shows them his scars and the disciples, now I got it. They're overjoyed when they saw the Lord and now Jesus again says, Shalom, Salam, peace be with you. 
as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And we've stopped it here every single time, but today, no longer. Here comes verse 22. And with that, Jesus breathed on them, and he said, receive the what? Receive the Holy Spirit. I imagine Jesus going around the room. He's just giving them their life commission. Myanmar, America, it doesn't matter. Intruder, you're from Myanmar. So this, this, this headline that we've been tracking is a big deal, as you mentioned, Donnie, in your prayer. Jesus walks around the room. Yo, Matthew. Hey, Matthew, come here. <sighs> Receive my spirit. Hey, James and John, bros, you sit together again. <sighs> Receive my spirit. Peter, where are you? Peter. I imagine him going around the room. And what would you do if Jesus suddenly materialized as he did in that upper room right now in front of you as you are in worship in the Pioneer Memorial Church on the campus of Andrews University? Right now, he shows up. Would would you receive it if he said, hey, girl, boy, wouldn't you love it? Oh, I would. Would you drive away? No, I don't want you breathing on me. It's a pandemic. He wouldn't even wear a face mask if he showed up. No, breathe on me. Breathe on me. There's an old gospel hymn that goes like this. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love what thou dost love. And do what thou wouldst do. It's a beautiful old prayer. I'm going to put the prayer on the screen. With the prayer that you will memorize this prayer. Memorize this prayer. Excuse me, uh, not the prayer. Excuse me, folks, a little equipment malfunction here. <laughs> the prayer is supposed to be there. Where did that prayer go? Hey, come on, Alex, we got this. We put Romans 9.28 somewhere. No, I don't want that line. I don't want that line. I want that prayer. Keep going till you get the prayer. Come on. I have faith in you. You can hear me up there. I know you're listening to me, Alex. Okay, I'll move it myself then, Alex. Don't you touch a button up. Alex, quit touching that button. (laughs) Alex, we are totally, we are totally lost. I want you to go back, please. I don't know what happened, but that uh, prayer is missing. It's the devil for you. I'm just telling you. It's not Alex. It's the devil. You know what? When I got up in first service, this message is so important that when I I said one sentence and all of a sudden I could not talk, I could not talk. I just, I said, Dan, give me some waters. Do something. This is a critical message, and I don't want this interruption to distract you from what is taking place. Jesus has just breathed on his disciples, and he's willing to breathe on you and me. There's that prayer now. Oh, Jesus, breathe your spirit on me today. Breathe your spirit on me today. What, ha- what would happen if every day you and I prayed it? I'm going to tell you something. I pray that prayer every day. It's not because there's something special about me. No, it's because I need something special in me. That's why. I need Jesus in me every single day day of my life. Oh, Jesus, breathe on me today. What would happen before we left that dormitory room? We were praying that prayer. Before we left the house in the community, we were praying that prayer. Fill me with the Holy Spirit today. I don't know what's coming today. I don't know at all, Jesus, but breathe on me. Breathe your spirit on me. Why would he want to breathe on you? Because we have been entrusted with a critical message. The message is one line long. Now the message comes in the right place. No, it doesn't. There you go. 
The maker of all things. Read it out loud with me. I don't know what's going on up there, but don't worry about it. Let's just do it right here. The maker of all things. Read it out loud with me. The maker of all things loves and wants me. Do you know what, ladies and gentlemen? That is the truth about this book. That's the truth about the God of this book. That's the truth about Jesus. That's the truth about the angels. Why are the angels showing up all over this planet? Because the maker of all things loves and wants me. That's why they're showing up. They are passionate to save as many of the human race. Do you understand? They love you. Little old me. I got an angel standing beside me right now. Don't you laugh at that. I had a lady who was once involved in the occult come through line, and she went through the back door right there, and she said, I saw your angel standing beside you as you preached. I said, no. She said, I saw it. I saw him. She's been so, she had been so long in the dark world that I think the veil, there, there's some way that, that people would have a certain proclivity to pierce the veil. That's no big deal. You got an angel standing right, right, right beside you right now. Why are the angels here? Because the maker of all things loves and wants me. That's why. Breathe on me, Jesus. Breathe on me, your spirit, so that I will fuddle-duddle this message up. It's so simple. The beauty of this message is if you repeat that message to yourself every day, you go out exhilarated because you know that the maker of the universe is in love with you. I'm not talking about the kind of love between a boy and a girl. I'm talking about the deep kind of love that a father has for his children, that a mother has for her child. It's that kind of love. That's, that's the kind of love. That's why you were born. He chose you to be born. You're no accident. I don't care what your parents tell you. You are no accident at all. You're here because the maker of all things loves and wanted you, and he got you. All right, so, so why, would, why, why would we pray this prayer? Because we need the Holy Spirit. Not only because we have a critical message, but because we have a compelling mission. And what was that mission? Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. That's what Jesus did. He just went around loving on people. That's what he did. He just kept loving on people. That's why he built this house by the side of the road, because that's where human traffic is the thickest. He loves being around people. You can be as introverted as you are. You can be as introverted as I am. But when you build your house by the side of the road, you're with people, and the spirit that, that is breathed into your life, that spirit energizes you, and you're able to do what you never would have thought you could do. Little oh, you, introvert you, yeah, it works. The spirit is the one who does it. Let me live in a house by the side of the road and let me be a friend of man. Because you know what? You're never, you're never going to know if you're, meeting, if you're meeting somebody who's on the verge of dying. I don't know. That person desperately needs a friend. That person desperately needs somebody to assure her, to assure him the maker of all things loves and wants me. You will only meet those people in the traffic thoroughfares of life. Stay where the people are. There's a tendency among academics to hide in their corners and to just live in silence thinking great thoughts. Those great thoughts still need to be thought, but you need to think them in the context of a world swirling by, and your students are that traffic world. You hang around those students. You just hang around them. You live with them. They're your mission field. And students, guess what? The faculty can, faculty can be your mission field as well. Why? Because they are people too. And some days, it is, it is only the grace of God that gives them enough energy to stand in front of you and do remote and live simultaneously. Trust me. 
It's the grace of God. We all need each other. We need to be loved on. That's why Jesus hung around people. That's why he built his house by the side of the road. Because he wanted to love her, to love him. I mean, look at it. They didn't even know. They, look at it. They're, going, they're climbing the stairs together. They have no idea what's going to happen on these stairs. But fortunately for Peter, in the morning, he prayed the prayer, breathe on me, O Jesus, your Holy Spirit, today. Yes, you did it. Yes, you did it back in the upper room. I was there. You breathed on me. But Jesus, I need it today and today and today for the rest of my life. Fortunately, he prayed that prayer because the Holy Spirit answered it. He said, yo, Pete, uh, you're going up these stairs. Why, I think today would, make, would be a great day for a miracle. You see that guy up there? Let's do it. Hmm? You okay with that? And in one strong impression, Peter now knows what the Holy Spirit has commanded him to do. And as he and John are climbing the, the stairs together, he stops. Stop, John. Yo, lame, lame man, born lame by the gate beautiful. Look at us. We have no silver and no gold. But what I have to you, I give to you now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And that big old fisherman's hand goes down and grabs that bony wrist, and the man explodes. Legs, vegetables, all his life are now strong. Hey, that wasn't Peter pulling that off. Don't you go around thanking Peter. That was the Holy Spirit. He prayed that prayer at the beginning of the day, and the Holy Spirit says, today's the day. I want to tell you something, my young friend, or not so young friend. The day is coming. Mark my words. The day is coming when you will hear that same mighty third person of the Godhead speak, and you will recognize his voice. And I'm telling you, once you start listening to the Holy Spirit, you will never forget the sound of his voice again. Trust me. You will hear his voice, and he will give a command that will, that will startle you out of your sandals. And he'll say, this is, the, this is the moment. I want you to do it right now. Say it. I'm not going to say it. Not to him. Please, say it. I don't know what it will be. And maybe one day, he'll say, I think it's time for a miracle. Do you mind asking? Let's pray. And you do. And a miracle occurs. The day is coming when you will be that strategic. You're strategic now. You just don't need the big guns now. The angels will show up when they want in the dreams. You need to just show up and love. Just show up and love on them. Oh. Remember that line we shared a, a, a few days ago? Jesus, breathe your spirit on me today. Boy, that prayer, you just pray it every day. But here's the line. Here's it with it all restored. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. So pray to prayer. This, this uh, classic on Jesus' parables, Christ's object lessons. You remember the line, the last rays of merciful light, the last message of mercy to be given to the world is a revelation of his character of love. The last message, the last message. And you know how the message will be delivered? It's you, live, it's you loving on people. It's just you loving on people. The message will be communicated. But I promise you, just sentences away from this, a little further in that same closing chapter, just a little further, here comes this line. It is the love of God continually transferred to you and me that enables us to impart light. When the love of God is poured into you, you suddenly have light. I don't know how it works. But people know when they see you. 
That guy knows what he's talking about. Look at him. People know when they hear you. That, that, that girl knows what, she, what she's talking about. Look at her. You can't see a blooming thing. It just looks like little old you. But when the love of God is poured out into your heart, suddenly you now, you, you now transfer light to those around you. Now keep, keep reading. Here's the next line. In the great and measureless gift of the Holy Spirit are contained all of heaven's resources. You know what that's telling you? You know, you, know, you know what that's telling me? Hey, you got it all right here. Everything you need to be on my mission, I got it for you. So what do you need? You say, well, listen, I could use a little courage. Oh, good. Just ask him. Boom. You'll get it. He has the courage you need. What do you need? I need money. Are you serious? Is this money that you're going to spend on yourself? No. I need this to help somebody else. He'll give you that money. You're standing in front of somebody and you're saying, I could never, I could not to this person, I could never even bring this up. In that moment, you ask for wisdom. Luke 11, Luke 12, rather, verses 11 and 12. William from the NLT. It's really powerful in the NLT. Jesus says, while you are standing there, while you are standing there, the spirit of my father will give you what to say. While you are standing there, there's nothing he doesn't have for you. Do you know he wants you to succeed? Do you understand every gift he has is for you? Who's he supposed to give it to? The, 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 the rest of the universe? No, these are gifts for his earth children. He has a gift Every day, just keep asking him. Just keep asking him. I need that gift. Today, I need another gift. Go ahead and ask him. Keep asking me, Jesus says. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Just keep asking me. Oh, Jesus, breathe on me. Breathe your Holy Spirit on me today. Well, that one gift brings every other gift with it. That's not a bad prayer to pray. And when you need the other gift, I was doing it just a moment ago. I said, I really need this gift. I said, Dwight. Glad you asked. Thought you were going to get up and preach this whole thing and not ask. And just like that, I'm telling you, I, I, I said, wow, this stuff is true. And it is. Ah. I'm going to tell you a story. Every gift that you need is offered you in the gift of the Holy Spirit. But I need you to know that the news is even better than that. When you offer God your, your life to be in service, to be on mission, to be on mission for him, <laughs> there's a bonus gift, I promise you. There is a bonus gift, and I'm going to tell you about that gift right now because you probably heard the story about the cowboy out west. He's stuck in one of those sudden winter blizzards. He's riding his mount. He's clinging to that thick neck for his life. And it feels like he's dying. That cutting wind slices like a knife. Pieces of his ear, it feels like piece by piece they're being torn off. His appendages, even covered in leather as they are, seem like knuckle by knuckle they're disappearing. He knows that he is about to die. He is about to freeze to death. And the shriek of that blizzard. And he hugs that faithful stallion's neck. And blindly they proceed into this whiteout when suddenly in the pale light of a whiteout, 
He sees something dark just ahead of him, lying across the trail. He jumps from his mount. He wades through the drifts, and he looks down. It's the corpse of another traveler. Couldn't make it to shelter. Dead. But instinctively, the cowboy drops to his knees. Throwing off his leathers, he reaches down. Is there any flesh here? If the cold neck he feels, is there any pulse? Is there any pulse? And finally, faintly, a weak, slow, And now moving into adrenaline emergency mode. He throws everything off and he goes, to, he goes to work on this corpse. Every appendage, the arms, the chest, the neck, the face, slapping the face. Wake up, wake up. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. But the man is dead. If only there were a stand of trees. He just needs a shelter to cut out this killer wind and sandblasting snow. So he picks up that body. He hoists it. He hoists the body, throws it over his shoulder, stumbles back to his mount, to the horse, and he rolls the traveler over on that horse. He gets up beside the traveler. He's trying to keep him. He's slapping him. He's talking to him. He's doing everything. He needs some shelter, some stand. And through the snow, they plod. And there's a stand. Reverses everything, jumps off the horse, grabs that body, hoists it over his strong shoulders, and the cowboy, now wading through drifts, heads to the life-saving stand of trees, drops the body to the ground, back to the saddle, unties his buffalo skin cover, and he wraps that body keeping open where he can keep massaging, massaging the chest, slapping the cheeks, moving the hands. Breathe, breathe. You can make it. I have to have a fire. His, his, his fingers numb. He goes into his leather bag. He's, he's looking for kindling, some flint, something so that he might start. Sure enough, underneath the snow, dropped dead pine needles. He ignites the pine needles, finding everything nearby that he can. He tends the fire and he returns to the man. The, the, the cowboy now is sweating. The adrenaline is so high. He grabs his little tin pan, puts it now in the fire. He melts the snow. The snow t- turns to cold water. Then it turns to warm water. And he takes a cup of that warm water and he goes up to the dead traveler with the cracked, frozen lips. And he said, drink this, drink this, drink this. And you guessed it. Both of them survived that awful night and that terrible storm. You know why? Because one traveler came across another traveler who was dying and dropped everything he did to save this traveler. And in the energy he expended to save this traveler, he ended up saving himself. I'm telling you, that's the bonus gift. You didn't know this, but John 20, 21 was placed in order to save you and me. It's not to save the world. It's to save you and me. 
Because when you and I are involved in mission and some, suddenly now we love on people that we never loved on before. We care for people we never cared for before. In that moment, when we begin to focus our energies on saving this life, we get saved in the process. In the words of Flannery O'Connor, the American short story writer, as she put it, the life you save may be your own. I'm telling you the truth. That's the bonus. When you do this, it's your life. Oh, God. Man. Show us. When we pray this prayer, dear Father, dear Jesus, breathe the Holy Spirit on us. We were never meant to do this alone. We don't have to do it alone. We have the God of the universe, our closest friend, who will do it through us. Send us to those travelers. They're down, but they're not out. They're yours, and we claim them for ourselves. Use us any way you wish. We pray in the name of the maker of all things who loves and wants us and loves and wants the whole world. Amen. I want you to go to the Connect card, please. If you guys up there will change it for me, that'd be great. All right, pmchurch.org slash connect. My next step today, some beautiful next steps, so let's, let's put those up. Number one, I choose to pray it each day. Oh, Jesus, breathe your spirit on me today. You're not promising me anything, but you can say, Jesus, by your grace, wake me up with that prayer every day, please. Box number two, if the Holy Spirit offers all of heaven's resources, then I want to begin asking for gifts that will strengthen my mission for Jesus. And by the way, if you want to know what those gifts are, there, there, there are dozens of them. Just read the book of Acts through and you'll see gifts. And one of those gifts may jump off the page to you. And that's the Holy Spirit saying, why don't you ask for this one? I see you and this one being a good fit. Why not? Ask for the gifts. Oh, there's a storehouse in heaven and there's a box on it with your name. But until you ask, nobody's going to crash your party. You have to ask for the gift. You'll get it. And ask for another one tomorrow. And just keep asking until Jesus comes. And let's go to the next box. I want to know more about being sent by Jesus and becoming a student missionary. I heard from Tilo over in the Center for Faith Engagement. And she said, hey, Dwight, if you're going to make an appeal, would you ask the students consider becoming a student missionary next year. She says, people think that because of the pandemic, this whole thing is off. No, it's not off. That you can build your house by the side of the road on, in any country on this planet right now. They'll let you in. You may have to be masked, but who cares? You still, they still need love. You can go where Jesus sends you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. You want to know about what to do? Call, call CFE. Get a hold of Tila and say, hey, listen, but if you put a check mark here, here's the deal. If you put a check mark right here and your email address, please include your email address. We'll send all of the names over to Tila and she'll be in touch with you. And she'll let you know what you, and you're not committing to anything. You're just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this. Send me more information. And they'll send you more information. And finally, box number four, I'd like to follow Jesus in baptism by water and the spirit. Jesus said, if you've been baptized, you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you got to be baptized by water and the spirit. You need both. You say, I've already been baptized 
by water. Good. Well, then you're praying the prayer every day. Oh, Jesus, breathe on me your Holy Spirit today. But if you haven't been baptized by water yet, and we're getting requests every single week, God bless you. You can be baptized during a pandemic. Trust me. You can be baptized during a pandemic. It'll be a beautiful experience. If you'd like to be baptized, just put a check mark there, and we'll be in touch with you. Singers, I love the song that you've chosen to end our teaching this morning. Rescue to perishing. Thanks for doing it.